You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. How have you been? Good, thank you. Uh, where are you coming in from? Where are you located right now? I'm in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Okay, that's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Have you had a good morning? Yeah, it's been short um, so far, but it's nice. Yeah, it's beautiful and sunny and yeah, it's good. Yeah. Nice, beautiful. Sandra, one of the best ways that I've found to do these things is to be able to start with somewhat of what direction you would like the conversation to go. What would make the conversation a winning conversation for you? What is it that we could discuss, explore, uh, challenge ourselves in that would really create great results for you in the short or the long term? So has something occurred to you where you might have gone, you know what I would love to cover with Ajit is X, or here is the outcome that I like to have from this session. Is it something mm-hmm. that has occurred to you? Yeah, for sure. What I'm experiencing, Ajit, is that I find, I'm going to use the term Groundhog Day. I feel like I've been living in this perpetual Groundhog Day for a really, really long time now, where every day seems the same and I'm not having that motivation or excitement to kind of, you know, start new things. And, and I find, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm stuck. And yeah, I would love to maybe get some insights on maybe what's going on behind that and have some sort of, yeah, maybe a small action plan to maybe be able to shift that energy or or move things around because I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm in this, in this kind of cocoon, like this really, I know the pandemic didn't really help in a lot of ways, but I still feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm in this cocoon and it's frustrating. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And how does this Groundhog Day look like? Like, what is it that you're doing every day that feels like it's a chore or it's just repetitive and and so forth? You know, there are certain things like I kind of, you know, get up at the same time. I do have a ritual of going for a walk and things, but there's a number of things I could be doing to propel my business, to get that moving. Like, it's just kind of the same things. Eat the same time. I haven't been doing a lot of social things. I'm starting to do a little bit more of that. So then it's like the same routine in the evening, go to bed, rinse, repeat. And I know there's a lot of things I can be doing. Like I recently finished business coaching and consulting. So that was exciting. At least I had a routine around that. But it's like, okay, I need to take steps. I need to make movements and... uh, (laughs) grow and I already have an existing part-time business so yeah it just it feels like it's just the same day over and over and over. Sandra what is it that you feel is your motive to take action why would you want to change? I want to change because I want to start feeling more connection more accomplishment more joy and fun and I think more just experience more like it's really I'll use the words, it's kind of soul sucking to just kind of be doing the, you know, the flatline, same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Just before we reflect on to why you want to create change in your life, is the the flatline or the soul sucking and the everyday same and same, is it creating certain results or you're just stagnant in your journey? 
what is the soul sucking part of this all? Well, it's it's definitely it's creating stagnation, but at the end of the day, there is an element of you know there's a certainty attached to it because it is predictable, even though it's not enjoyable. There's some comfort to it because it's it's kind of like a safe place. So I guess there are some air quote rewards to it staying in this place, but it's just yeah, I've done it long enough, and I just I feel like part of me doesn't know what to do next. It's like, okay, let's get out of this. But like, what do I do? Where do I go? What do, I do? <laughs> do yeah. you have financial security already in your life? No. You do not have financial security. No. Your part-time business, you said you had another part-time business. Does that provide certainty of income? Not quite. It's been super, super quiet. I've been doing some coaching and energy healing. So I would consider it more of a part-time income. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not enough to create that certainty at the moment. Okay. So you do not have certainty of income, but you no. have a routine that you follow. Yeah. Why, in your opinion, and in the past, maybe there's some reflection of the past here, has there been a sense of that if you just keep doing your thing, financial security just comes with it, or you just don't care about financial security at your point in life? What is it that is... The reason why I'm asking that is because a lot of times what we've found is that people would move more if they realize that they don't have financial security. Mm-hmm. And if you recognize that you don't have financial security, it'll create movement in life, not because you want to make more money and so forth. It's just because your basic needs are not being fulfilled. Right now, you're saying your basic needs are not being fulfilled, or that's my understanding of what you say, is that my basic needs are not necessarily fulfilled, but I can't find the motivation to take action. Is that an accurate statement or I've just misunderstood you? No, no, that's an accurate statement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it because, and I'm just going to check in on a couple of items to see where where we should direct our energy towards. Is it because you have some kind of physical condition that get, takes away energy from you and so you feel tired and exhausted and that is why you're not able to find the motivation to take action that is different than every day? No, I definitely over the last couple of years was in a state of, you know, there was depression attached just to, you know, how things were going in the world and in my life in general, but there's no physical reason. There's no illness. There's no, there's nothing that would prevent me. So Sandra wakes up energetic. She's fired up about the day and then she goes in the day and does the same thing every single day. Is that how our day unfolds? I'm more energetic recently. Um, I'm not sure if I woke up particularly energetic over the last couple of years, it's just kind of like, oh, here's another date. But I have energy. I can do things. So I, that's that's what kind of frustrates me is because intellectually, I know that there's nothing really preventing me from, you know, taking steps and moving forward. And you're, you know, the, the comment that you made about people, if they know that there's financial insecurity, that's enough of a motivation. For me, for some reason, it's not enough of a motivation, apparently. <laughs> there's still some blocks around that. It's interesting for sure, because if you are energized as a person, there's no physical challenge that you have in context of your energy levels. And you're saying there is no financial security. Do you have any other kind of social security that would encourage you to not create movement in your life? Like, do you have a partner that can take care of you? Do you have a family member that can take care of you? Do you have friends that take care of you? (laughs) No. (laughs) None of that. No. Okay. So... Sandra, it's very curious to me. Why do you think, for before we explore, why do you think that while you're saying or suggesting that there is nothing to protect you as Sandra, what gives you the sense of 
certainty and security that you wouldn't create a different action to create different results in your life? That's a million dollar question. (laughs) But you do feel safe. I feel safe in the interim because like I have the padding of a little bit of savings after I sold my home a year and a half ago, but I know that's not lasting. So I think it's a little bit of a delusional sense of security because that's not, it's not going to last. And I think I get trapped up in that, oh, well, tomorrow we'll do this or then, you know, the the momentum will come, but it's like, that that's not true. That's, <laughs> I have to create that. So yeah, I'm just, I'm super fascinated with, you know, why, like, like I said, intellectually, I, I get this. There's something that's preventing me from actually taking the steps or knowing where to go, or I find it puzzling for sure. So firstly, it's good. Now we know why you feel so safe, yeah. right? Because you have a cushion. Yeah. Now let's ask a different question. Okay. Getting to the point of selling your house and doing the work during the time of COVID or not doing the work during the time of COVID, however that transpired, was the journey hard? Yes. Did you have a really difficult time going through that? Yes. Okay. So Sandra, what I am reflecting based on what you said is, so there is no motive to take action for you right now, from what I understand, because you have a great sense of safety for now. It may be temporary and that's why you're intellectualizing it, but it's not about intellectualizing things. It's about understanding how our true behaviors are formed. It mm-hmm. seems like what may have happened is you had a really difficult time in the past two, three years and you have financial safety. So what you may be doing or what may be energetically, I want you to check in on this as, as I say it, is that what you may be doing is your body and your soul needs to relax and rest. Mm-hmm. And because it wants to rest and relax, it's finding a way to not have to do things that may shock its system again. Uh, Do you feel there may be some truth to that? Yeah, wow, that brought up a very unexpected emotional reaction. So yeah, (laughs) that definitely resonates. Yeah. So Sandra, what happens with us is when we go through a really intense cycle, all of us, you, me, everybody, needs to take a break, right? And when we don't take a break, what happens is we just become something that our system feels it's a break. It's not an actual break. It's actually not relaxing our system because you may still be in not constant anxiety, but subconscious and a small anxiety might still be triggering every single day going, ah, crap, I need to make money. I need to make money. I need to make money. And at the same point of time, you're not really being able to do something. So what you're doing is you're shocking your system still every day. So not letting it relax. And at the same point of time, you're not creating progress because your system does want to relax. Okay. Okay. Because you've just had really difficult times. So it's like, you know, when uh, I, I like this example because I love it in context of well-being now and in, in health and bodily health is we talk about that if you want to build muscle, you must stress your muscle. But the muscle is not built when you're stressing the muscle. The muscle is built when you're resting the muscle, right? Which is why you don't work out every single day for hours and hours at end. You work out only a few times a week, but you do a really intense workout and then you let your body relax so it can recover. Yeah. Right? What you are doing right now, what you may be in a state of right now and looking at your emotional response to this, it might be the truth to it, is that you have put your body through great stress And there's never been an opportunity to let it rest. Mm. So when it rests, it builds muscle. 
or it builds new identities and it builds what is true for you. What I would invite you to do or consider as we are having this conversation is to find, and you're already an Accelerate member, right? So, so that's great because then try to come to the Mexico event. We're trying to figure out the location still, but let's try to have you come there because it will be a good opportunity for you to rest. Mm-hmm. And not just rest doesn't only mean go out and just, uh, you know, like chill, chill out because that is, yes, one of the ways to do it, but there are additional elements to it. You don't only want to chill out because that gets really boring and then you will get back into your anxiety cycle. You want to be active during rest. It's not passive recovery, it's active recovery. Okay. So what yeah. you want, what you're doing is you're learning, you're studying, you're interacting, you're journaling, you are reading, you are listening, you are walking and thinking, and you're you're in an active recovery mode. You're taking massages, you're doing all the things that would recover or help your nervous system recover, but it is not just sitting and not doing anything because that does not lead to recovery. That mm-hmm. leads to boredom because our minds are not designed to just sit ideal for an extended period of time, right? So it's it's a little bit different than what it used to be in old times when monks will go on to Himalayas and just sit there for hours and days and so forth. And they were also doing something else. They were doing self-discovery as well anyways. But what is really important here is to understand that we need to get into active recovery before we can start to find what is it that I need to do for my business? Okay. Because otherwise, what will happen is you already have had really tough times. Now you're going to layer it up with some anxiety as you work in your business, right? Because business does bring anxiety mm-hmm. because you're creating something, which means you are fearful of the future of will it work or not. And it's a day-to-day anxiety because let's say you have a coaching call, you have a client call, you may go, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this, right? So you will have small anxieties, even if, you can subdue them fairly easily. They're still present in your body. They're still present in your soul, right? So you want to elevate those, not, not elevate such emotions and want to stay out of them uh, at least for a short period of time, if not a long period of time. So your body and your soul and your being can fully recover. Now, here is what happens when you do active recovery. If you listen to the examples that I gave, active recovery involves engagement. Mm-hmm. with the outside world. It is not just sitting alone and doing active recovery. That's not what active recovery looks like. Yeah. It needs you to engage. And when you engage with the world outside, the challenges that you were talking about or the mundaneness that you have right now in your life disappears. Mm-hmm. Because the reason why you have a mundane life right now or feels like Groundhog Day to you right now is because you're not externally engaged. You're not engaged with the world outside. You're only engaged with your being and your soul and your day-to-day. Would that be accurate? Yes. From what I understood? Right. Awesome. So what I want you to discover, and I want you to, because our event is still about two months out, so it might take a hot minute for you to actually go there and, you know, maybe two months, maybe too too much for you to take, uh, not get into active recovery, is to ask yourself, how can you take one day of active recovery every single week for the next two months. The reason why that is just one day in a week is enough is because it will at least get you to say yes to something small, Mm -hmm. right? If I say go into active recovery for the next two months, it might be too much for you to do, right? Because you don't know what to even do here, right? But let's say if you had to design one day or maybe half a day, we can start even with half a day, half a Saturday, half a Friday, whatever that is that is uh, appealing to you. You say, that's my active recovery. I'm going to do one of these four activities that are possible as active recovery, right? 
which might be things that feed your soul. They may be feeding your body. Uh, they may be feeding your intellect. They may be feeding your energetic levels generally. Okay. If I was to ask you right now, if something came to your mind, if there was a presence in your mind to what your active recovery may look like, what would that be? Those are great questions. I feel like I've, I've been doing part of this in, in the last several months. Um, obviously, four months worth of, of education and, and learning was, was really good and, and connecting with other people and, and pods and, and coaching and things like that. That was great. I feel like, you know, I've been I'm trying to go into nature as much as possible. We live close to the Rocky Mountains, so it's easy to do day trips for, you know, kind of mini hikes and things like that. I've been mindful of making some new connections to have little go out for a walk or a coffee or, or things like that. I think for, are those the kind of things you're thinking of in terms of active recovery, Ajit? Or, yes, um, and. It's a yes and. So they're okay. part of it, but they need yeah. to be more divergent than what you're okay. doing right now. It okay. seems like what you're saying are things that you will anyways do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, yeah. It's not different. So it's not creating a new system in your body. It's not actually letting it rest because even when you go for a hike and you go for a hike all the time, it's nothing that the system's actually experiencing. It's experiencing the same thing that it was experiencing when you were living a highly anxious life or a hard life because you were doing the same hike. Yeah, okay. Right? So that's what we don't want to do. Okay, gotcha. Right? Because it doesn't put you in a state of saying, oh, I'm finally relaxed. Yeah. Right? So say you're close to Rockies. You may or may not have done this, but maybe you want to do something that's different, like finding a resort in the Rockies where you can go stay there for two days and maybe it's a health resort. Mm-hmm. Right? So it it encourages your soul to go out of the mode of the Groundhog Day and feeling like there is nothing that has changed. Yeah, because that's your yeah. challenge, right? Right now you feel like every day is the same day, so yeah. even when you do activities that should recover you, they don't recover you because it's the same as when you were really stressed and really were having a hard time. Okay. Right? So there is no switch in your being. It feels like you're still living the same life, but you're not. You're not mm-hmm. in the same state. Right? And you're not in the same circumstance. The circumstances have changed, but your being is not experiencing it right now. Okay. Right? So you have to create something that is a little bit different than what you have for your body to know and notice that, oh, now I'm in a state of recovery. This is what I'm doing for recovery. Just the dialogue of this is for recovery will help you recover more. Okay. Right? Right now you're going for a hike like you go for a hike, right? There's nothing that is different about it. It doesn't doesn't put you in a state of recovery, right? It may even feel like, oh, we are going for a hike because we need to create movement and it's a workout. Mm -hmm. It may even be feeling like a task right? That we must check off. But that's not how recovery works. Recovery is not a task list. Recovery is more present to what does my body, my soul, my energy, my my being needs, and then giving it that so it can recover. The examples of learning, the examples of hikes, the examples of even going to a resort are examples from my life. It doesn't mean it will look the same for Sandra because Sandra is a completely different human being. She may need something completely different. Right. And that's the question. That's why the question comes from there is what is it that Sandra will need to experience for her to experience recovery, relaxation, 
knowing that she's held, she's taken care of, that she's safe, that she feels that there is nothing that is going to create anxiety, fear, or concern. What are those circumstances? What is that social setting that you need to be in for you to feel and experience that you're recovering and resting? Yeah, okay. I understand what you're saying here. I think for what pops up into my head when you talk about that is more things that are more around the play and the fun category. So yeah, the first thing that kind of popped up is like, a dance class, like find something that I could, yeah, like a couple of nights a week or whatever they have is like find a dance class or, or like a photography class or just something that brings some creativity and expression. I think that's, yeah, I think that's, that's something that's been missing. Yeah, for that's sure. That's amazing. Yeah. Both those things that you said, photography and dance are things that you can actively engage in the outside world with. So it's awesome. And also are things that when you're involved, you know, you're not in your head because you're so much in the moment. So it's beautiful that you identified two really good activities that actually may be all you need, right? Maybe that's all you need to get your system into or at least get started into recovery. And then we continue to ask ourselves question as we are leaning into the dance as to what is it that you like to do more of? Yeah. Maybe there are more dance classes. Maybe there's a whole learning curriculum around dance that you end up learning. Maybe it's it's photography and maybe it's video making after that. Who knows, mm-hmm. right? The curiosity or the interest that I want you to have for the next two months is to find something that is beautifully different, like you said, because these are not things that you're doing day to day, but at the same point in time, gets you in that mode. So I love that you picked and I could see the energy shift a little bit as you were talking about dance and photography because you felt calmer. Yeah. Right? And so there was a little smile on your face. And so maybe that's where we start. That could be a good way to start. Okay. Okay. What other activities come to your mind right now, if any? (laughs) I don't know why I had, I have a little bit of fascination with some sort of a a martial art. <laughs> I just, and I don't really know anything about them, but I just thought it might be kind of fun to learn a new discipline and just kind of connect with the body in a different way. It's beautiful. Um, it's, yeah. it's a great way to learn more about your body and more about your energy movements and so forth. So yes, let's do an Aikido class or a Taekwondo class or a karate mm-hmm. class or whatever that might be. Let's do that on a weekly basis as well. Let's do that class right? It creates movement too. And movement's great to shift energy. Yeah, for sure. Sandra, something tells me that if you did just these three activities, you're not going to feel like you're living a groundhog day. How do you think about that? Or what's your feeling about that? It's funny. I'm having, like, part of me totally agrees. I think that it would be super fun and awesome to just be able to play in a whole other way, like learn different things. Because I'm, I'm used to learning in a, you know, an academic type that's so there's a part of me that when you say that it's like oh that sounds really cool but then there's another part of this like but we have to be practical what about you know getting on the business getting clients getting yourself out there so yeah i've got this internal little battle going on like that practical side and that sense of there is still that sense of urgency even though like i i shared there is a comfort right now but that's not going to be in the long term so yeah i have a struggle going on with that yeah. So I'm going to tell you two secrets about okay. business. The first secret about business is business got nothing to do with strategy. Okay. Business got, if you want to look at a successful entrepreneur, look at their life. Yeah. That's why they're successful. Okay. Not because of their business strategy. Okay. The business part is actually really easy when you are sorted. Okay. Because you become unstoppable. 
You're not doubting yourself. You're not creating stories about what a person may say or may not say because it doesn't matter to you anymore. You're doing it because it's fun, because it's easy, because you want to do it. And that only happens when you're taken care of. If you're not taken care of, business is going to be hard, very hard. Yeah. The first secret to building a business is to taking care of yourself. You are the centerpiece of your business. If you are not taken care of, the business is not going anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So first of all, you must know that. And secondly, if you're going to coach people, you're going to need a lot of diversity of experiences in your life. Yeah. Right. You can't be a life coach if you don't have a life. Mm -hmm. All right. So what you want to be curious about is what is it that you are doing to fuel your life so it can fuel your coaching? Mm -hmm. If you do not have diversity of experience, if you're not engaging in life, you can't help a business and you can't help a person. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. You got to engage in life for you to be able to become a phenomenal coach. And so you going to a dance class is actually going to build their business. You're going to a karate class will actually going to build your business. You going to a photography class is actually going to build your business. Mm. You will just not know why it's getting built. <laughs> you will never be able to explain it. Mm. That's the beautiful part of it. You'll understand it in principle like I'm explaining it right now. But if you will sit down with someone, you will say something like what I said. The business has nothing to do with strategy. The business has everything to do with you. It makes no sense on the surface level because everybody tells you business is about strategy. Right? But it's not. It's not. Especially if you're not trying to build a billion-dollar company. You're trying to do six figures, seven figures. You can put any strategy to any business and it'll do six, seven figures. It's really not that hard. Mm-hmm. The hard part is the entrepreneur, the person mm-hmm. that is creating the business. And that's the part we miss. And that's the part you're missing right now. Yeah. This isn't going to become easy if your nervous system is relaxed. You're back into the game with full power and full force. So there's something that I, I shared at some calls and I was going to share in future calls as well. Is, you know, if you look at my calendar, at any given day, you will find, except for a day like this, where I'm doing like four podcast coaching sessions in one go, usually like Monday through Thursday, because usually my podcast recordings are Friday, Monday to Thursday, you would find that I really don't work. Like I actively on the computer, maybe for like three, four hours. Hmm. Rest is just things I do. Gym that I go to, walk that I take, activities that I pursue, learnings that I do, books that I read. Like my day from the outside looks like this guy does not have a business. Cannot, possibly, (laughs) from traditional understanding. But at the same point in time, what I've found is that that's what anybody who becomes successful does. Is they invest so much time in themselves that the business time that they invest, three or four hours a day, is more than enough for the, to take them to whatever level they want to get to. Mm. And coincidentally, recently I was talking to my business partner, Vision, and, and he said the same thing. He, he told me the story of this guy who was a billionaire in Dubai that he met. And he was like, dude, the person told me, if you want to be a billionaire, stop working all the time. Only work for 21 hours a week or something like that. 20 hours a week, some number like that. Something pretty minute or half the time that a person expected to work. And he asked the question, why? And he said, because most business is not built when you're on the computer. Mm-hmm. Most business is built when your mind is being built. And your mind is being built when you engage with the world. Mm-hmm. Your mind is not getting developed for you sitting in a corner, not doing nothing, or looking at an Instagram post for the thousand times or taking hours to build one. 
you will have an Instagram post in a matter of minutes if you're engaged in life. Mm-hmm. It's literally like while coming this morning, I was with a friend and you know, one of those stop signs. So I was at a stop sign. I completely halted my car. I like to take an extra second just so that, you know, nobody is doing crazy stuff trying to cross while it's a stop sign because I've seen that happen. So I took an extra minute, maybe not a minute, maybe a couple of seconds. And the person behind me goes, bah! and I was like, it's just been like maybe two extra <laughs> seconds where I'm going. So I go and I turn left because we're turning left. And the person is, of course, in a big truck, a really noisy truck. Clearly, the, the person's identity was a little meshed up, I guess. But anyways, I'm doing my regular turn. I'm driving the speed limit. This person races up on the next lane. So completely making a wrong turn and goes up and goes ahead of the car and shows me the middle finger. Right. <laughs> and the person and the person sitting next to me was like, See, I told you, you cannot stop at the stop sign for that long. This is what you're supposed to do. I was like, listen, I am driving safely in the way that I want to. If the person is pissed, I'm not going to respond to that because that's him spoiling his day or her spoiling her day for the next several hours thinking that there was some jackass on the street. I'm indifferent to that middle finger. I'm not going to chase the person. I'm indifferent to them honking because I'm not going to spoil my day for something that I know why I did and they don't know why I did. And that's going to make me move on in life, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I told you this story is to show that if I was to make an Instagram post right now, I have content because I'm engaging in life. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm sitting on my computer and writing the next sales letter. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's not how creation happens. Creation happens when you are creating with life and you're engaging with life. And you can have so many posts, ideas, the content, metaphors, whatever you need for your coaching business, just because you're engaged in life, it becomes easier and easier every single day. Is this resonating, Sandra? I'm taking it in. And I think, again, I think it's human nature about that kind of internal battle going where it's like, okay, I have 25 years of experience in the corporate world. I've got, you know, eight years of this and blah, blah, blah. And I've got all this, this knowledge and part of me is bursting because it's like, ah, I have so much that I can contribute. So I feel frustrated. So I'm curious in this context, because I totally understand what you're saying about the life thing and the, and the, the experiencing and getting out there is, is the key. And you're right. That's like totally against what we learn in school and, and what we learn in society. It's like, no, 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 you're going to be working the 80 hour weeks and putting in the, the time. And especially with other, you know, programs they teach you. Yeah. You've got to have your marketing funnels. You've got to be doing this every day. You've got to be, you know, have so many followers and, and that's how you get your business. And I don't believe that in my core, but obviously part of me still kind of believes that it's like, what should I be doing in the meantime? Like, what do I need to do while I'm actively healing? Like what, what would you recommend as kind of a balancing point for not ignoring moving my business forward? Or there might be some practical things that I can do while I'm doing the active resting or what are your thoughts on that? So Sandra, I want to ask you a couple of questions before mm-hmm. I respond to that. What is it that causes you to be frustrated that you have all this experience in life and while still not being able to take action every single day and feel like you're living a groundhog day? Where does this dichotomy sit? Well, it's, yeah, it's frustrating because like, when I am actively engaged and I'm coaching and I'm healing and I'm helping people or I'm giving groups of workshops, I feel fantastic. Like I love that feeling of helping that person. Like I, I kind of, my niche is around empowerment where I, you know, I help people with whatever the blocks and barriers are, which is the irony because like, I don't see that with myself and, you know, help them step into their, their true potential and a really holistic way. And I love that. It feels so good. So then part of me is like, 
So why are we doing this more often? <laughs> like it's a valid question to myself. Okay. So you don't have the answer to this dichotomy. So I'm going to lean into some, okay. some theories that, okay. that I've seen or experienced in different areas of life with different people, right? Okay. So one of the principles that I've understood over time is that you will always do the work in the time assigned to you. Right. So you've had 25 years of corporate experience. I'm sure you've had this experience at some point. Somebody gave you an impossible task and they gave an impossible timeline because, you know, for whatever reason, that's just how things happen. And when you got it, you were like, holy shit, this is impossible to do. But somehow universe conspired and you were able to finish that task in that given timeline. Well, that was not universe's conspiracy. That's your mind, actually. That's how our mind actually works practically. It will do the task and assign time it has because it knows faster ways to do the same thing and knows the hacks, but it's not going to make effort to find those hacks until it's given a constraint. So constraint is a great thing for productivity. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first thing that I want you to remember is that you will do the same task over an extended period of time if you give it an extended period of time. If you said, I'm going to take six hours to find a client, it'll take six hours to find a client. If you give yourself one hour, it'll take one hour, right? Mm -hmm. Which means time is kind of like our bitch, okay? Sorry for the wrong word, but it's kind of like depending on how we want to use it. It doesn't matter what it says. It depends on us to tell it how we're going to use you, right? It's not something that is free-spirited. It is actually controlled by a human being by their own understanding of time, right? That's kind of how it is, right? And if that's how it is, which means we can manipulate the time the way we want, which means that if you are willing to say, hey, I'm only going to work six hours a day on my business because I have these other things I've scheduled for my active recovery, you will still get as much or more done in those six hours because now you have constrained your time and limited your time to six hours. The reason why I share with people that I only work maybe two, three, four hours a day is not because I'm trying to show I'm a genius. It's so you have an actual representation of someone that goes, you can build a wildly successful business while working very little hours every single day. There was even a point where I said, I'm only going to work four hours a day for four days a week. So 16 hours a week. That's all I was working. I was doing an experiment before I had my first child because I wanted to be involved in my child. And I am involved with my children very, very much. But I wanted to do that test. I was like, hey, can I actually be involved? I'm about to have a baby. We were pregnant already. And so for six months, I only worked four hours a day, four days a week. And that's literally, I was still able to grow my business. We still had 30% growth year on year, which was awesome. We were still profitable. And we were still able to do what everything that I was going to do in those 16 hours, which again proved it to me that time is always going to adapt to your needs. You don't have to adapt to time needs. So when somebody says work 80 hours a day or 80 hours a week, they just don't understand that time can adapt to your need. And they're most likely sitting on their computer thinking. They're not actually working, mm-hmm. right? They're reading somebody else's post. They're not actually saying what is true to me, right? And that is not work. That is a way to create anxiety in your life. And that's what brings me to the next thing. The reason why, while you're frustrated in your being because you're not able to express yourself and so on and so forth, is because you think 
you need to work really long hours to be able to express yourself. And so what you do is you give yourself a lot of time to think. And you know, the most amazing piece of software that we have is our minds. It'll make you believe whatever you want to believe. How often have you found yourself in the cycle of saying, I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated, but you don't do anything about it? Oh, uh, very, very often. And I appreciate your examples because when I reflect on you know my corporate experience, I was always frustrated because I can get a lot done, like you say, in a very short amount of time. Like I probably got my whole day done in two hours versus the eight or nine that you're supposed to be there. And I would see people in their office taking two hours to draft an email. And they were so time-oriented. It was like, oh, you have to be here from this and this time. And it's like, but I can do it all in this. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. That, that Because you're a highly productive person because you actually are a very high-performing person. And I'm hoping as you say this, you can recognize in yourself yeah. that you're not the average. Do you oh, see that, Sandra? I do see that. And I think that's part of where the frustration comes from. It's like, okay, <laughs> we know this. We have the gifts. We have the skills. So... Let's F and start something or let's just, you know, do something. But like you say, I get frustrated in the inertia of not just that space of time that just keeps going on and on. So here is what I want you to do. Start treating your business like a job. Okay. Okay. In your job, you had tasks, you had time, and within that time, you had to achieve the task. Yeah. Right? You probably were somebody who was really attached to their calendar because a meeting on the calendar would mean you wouldn't be able to do a task or a meeting would be important or less important, right? You were probably managing your schedule in some way. It was a calendar or something. I've never really been calendar oriented. Schedule. Do do you have a schedule at the work or you had no schedule? Not really. It was more task oriented. But yes, there were meetings and things like that. Task oriented. Yeah, there, there were a yeah. certain number of tasks there, that you had to deliver in a certain yeah, amount of time yeah, every yeah. day, yeah, right? Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise you will be at work all the time, yeah. right? So there was task and there was time constraint. Yeah. Every single day. And some of them were repetitive. Yes? Obviously some, yes. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So I want you to treat your business like as if you're going into a job. There are two reasons for it. Firstly, because it will give you the approach that was productive for you, which is you had task and a certain amount of time that you did deliver your task. I want you to remember that you don't need eight hours to deliver to your business. You can mm-hmm. do that in three or four hours a day, right? So you can set your task and you can literally do this right after this call. You can say, what is it that is important for me to move my business? A, B, C, D, E. I'm going to do this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? And you're going to be able to then know exactly how many hours you need to do every single day. What are the tasks that you need to do every single day so your business can move, Okay. And now beyond that time of four hours every day, I want you to set up in your calendar or in your task list, if task list is how you do it, every single day I want an activity for active recovery, right? So Mondays, I have my photography class. Tuesdays, I have my three dance classes that I do back to back. Wednesdays, I do two karate classes, whatever that is. But something that moves you and creates active recovery for you, they're also a part of your task list. Right. The reason why we are doing this is we are we are using your nature of doing things in favor of what we need to get done. We are manipulating our default to fulfill our needs that we need right now, which is movement and business and active recovery. Is this making sense until now? Yeah, no, it is making sense. And I think your idea of scheduling tasks is actually probably a good thing because that's not my default. And I think that's where I get trapped because it's like, oh, we'll do that today. 
well, what does today mean? <laughs> so I yeah. think actually having that more focused approach of, you know, between eight and 10 is this and this, and between this and this is reaching out to, you know, whatever, and then I have a class or whatever. I think that actually might help start some momentum because like I say, by default, I do more, okay, there's these three things I should do today, but there's no, yeah, there's no, okay, this needs to be done by 10 o'clock or whatever. So uh, I think having more of that organization might focus me. Yes. And the second reason I want you to do this is because I want to dissociate you and your business. Because what tends to happen when we are solopreneurs and when we are the only person is that we go, okay, I can just not do it, right? Or I'm not feeling confident today, so I'm not going to do blank. Yeah. But that doesn't happen when we are in a setting where we have to deliver certain tasks in a certain period of time or when we are accountable to somebody else. It doesn't happen. It's like when you were in your job, you didn't go, I don't feel confident today, so I'm not going to do my job. (laughs) That didn't happen. You didn't say, oh, I don't feel good enough today, so I'm not going to do my job. No, you went and still did your job. So what you're doing is by creating this dissociation between you and your business and treating it like a separate entity that you must deliver to, you create a accountability structure that is not depending on your emotions. Okay. Right? And it creates this ability for you to actually go deliver the task. Okay. Right? Because even if your emotions are high, low, whatever they are, you still know you have to wake up and show up at your desk at 10 o'clock in the morning or a cafe, wherever you work from. But basically, you have to show up at 10 in the morning until 2, you have to deliver what you have to deliver. And that's when you get lunch. Okay. Right? Or whatever that timeline is, right? I'm just yeah. giving you a rough timeline here. But what it does, it will get you to do things mm-hmm. because you don't have a choice. It's mm-hmm. not you who's defining okay. success of the business. The business is a different entity. You are part of that success, uh-huh. but you are not the success. I like that. I really like that detachment element. And I know that's something that stood out for me in that uh, bonus call you gave the other day, the idea that you're not your business. Like that was a huge aha for me that I was like, oh, okay. So that's just a further way to like literally detach. Like my business is its own entity and I I have obligations, and but it's not me. Yeah. But I have responsibilities towards it. Exactly. Sandra, one more thing that I want you to remember as we close out this conversation is that your mind is always going to try and play a trick here, okay? It's going to try and tell you you don't really need to do it. It's going to try and tell you I'm anxious. It's going to try and tell you, well, I have safety. It'll try and tell you something or the other to stop you from changing something. Mm -hmm. And that's its job. And it's very good at its job. And the reason why it's very good at its job is that's how it keeps us safe as human beings, right? So it's great at its job, but what it doesn't understand is if we don't grow, it's going to get bored and it's going to feel like it's sucky and it's not going to be fun. And it's not fun while the mind is satisfied, the brain is satisfied, the rest of our being is not, mm-hmm. right? Because our mind is satisfied, it's kept us safe, right? Good for us. That's what it thinks. But our soul is not satisfied. Our body is not satisfied. Our being is not satisfied. So it impacts everything else. So here's what I want you to do is I want you to always remember that there is a thought that will come at some point in your next few months, few years of your journey, which will tell you to not do things. I want you to challenge that thought. Okay. And I want you to make a plan that is congruent with your being that helps you bypass that thought and not listen to that thought. 
some of the ways to make that plan is what we just discussed is to say, make a task list, give yourself a time and schedule the crap out of your day. Mm-hmm. Right. So by schedule, I mean task list wise. Right. There's like 10 items to be done. There is no time to sit, rest and think. You got to just do. When you do that for seven days, 10 days, 21 days, you will find that your being will change because you've been doing something for a long enough period of time that you forget how you were being before and your mind thinks this is the new safe, right? It's going to still think this is safe, which is great, but that safety defaults you into creating something, right? Because that's your new behavior. Okay. Do you see how this would be implemented in your life? Yeah, I do. I'm curious, Sajid, just that the the task and the that whole scheduling thing, does that that doesn't somehow uh contradict the active healing side of things? Like is or is it just a complement to those things as long as they're scheduled in the task task of the day? Like So it depends. Can you take days off to actively recover and actively heal? From what um, I understood, you couldn't, or at least that was my understanding of it. If that's not the case, that's why I said for the next two months, okay. while then when you are coming out to Mexico, I'll just invite stay two days extra there. Schedule yourself crazy. Attend the event. It will already be very recovering because the way we are designing the event, it will always also feel fulfilling. It's not just a business strategy meeting that you're attending. You're actually going into somewhat of an active recovery and growth. So you will <laughs> feel that when you're there but you could come two days early. So it's not an additional, significant additional change for you. It's a minor change, but it puts you in that state of being able to four or five days of active recovery. The reason why I wanted to have you this schedule is because from my understanding, you can't just simply take off and not do nothing for the next few weeks or next few months or whatever. And so the encouragement was make the active recovery a part of the day and you do it every day. Okay. Yeah, I can take portions of day and I can take days. Like I can, yeah, I can work that into my see what feels right. Till the time it is time bound and creating growth in your life, it may not hurt you. If it's giving you anxiety, then don't do it. Yeah. Right? It shouldn't give you anxiety. It shouldn't give you fear. It shouldn't make you feel like you must. It's more like you are because it's, it's fun and joy and playful and it's breaking the mundane and it's different. That's why you're doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because then you will actually not feel stress about it. You will enjoy it. Enjoying is what we need uh, yes. while we are not necessarily taking days out to active recovery. So you want to find a balance is the reason why I suggested this plan. But if you mm-hmm. can just take days away, take days away. But again, don't make these days away where you are sitting and thinking. Yeah, I get it. It's not helpful to you right now. Yeah. Because you'll create anxiety in your body again. And yeah. we don't want that. Yeah, I've had too much of that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Sandra, what was your big win today? And was there one? Yeah, there was a couple. I I like the idea of, yeah, the active recovery, first of all, is very different from not doing anything and just, you know, being for a half day or a day. Like it's very different when there's purpose behind it. And I, I like the element of having some fun and play behind it. That makes a lot of sense to me. Also, the idea of an actual work schedule and not just you know, oh, I could do these things today. So actually having a timetable to follow. And um, yeah, the detachment from the business as well, that I'm not my business and it's a separate entity. And for some reason that just like, it just clicked. It's like, oh, because now I know how to personify the business and it's not me. So I think that I'll have a different approach to it as, as I'm starting to grow things moving forward. 
Beautiful. Yeah. And what yeah. would be some of the action steps that you're going to take from today's call center? Well, I'm definitely going to look at uh, doing some uh, a schedule right now after our call. I'm going to look at, I'm going to do a brain dump of all the different tasks that could be done for this week. And then I'm going to actually slap them out. And I'm going to create a work day for me because I don't have, like I kind of have a loose, this is what I do at this time of the day, but I'm going to create an actual work day. And I'm going to do some research into like a dance class or those kind of things that I can actually sign up for and get those in, in my schedule. Amazing. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you, Sandra. Yeah, and I will see you soon. Oh,